You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church, Salt Lake City. For more information on our church, go to c3saltlakecity.com. Oh, you guys are amazing. You guys are amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, you guys, good morning. You guys are awesome. I love it. Oh, what an honor. So honored this morning. I want to obviously take a moment to say thank you to Pastor Becca, Pastor Vince. I've known these guys for seven years, literally since we moved out to Utah, Ben and I. And um, I'm not going to get emotional. I'm getting emotional. They're incredible people. They're not just great pastors. They're incredible friends. They're incredible leaders. And um, one thing that I've always admired is um, when I look for in a leader, even when I was young, is someone who's like Paul, who can say, follow me as I follow Christ. And that's what you get with Pastor Rebecca and Pastor Vince. They're not perfect people, but they'll say, hey, follow me as I'm following Christ. Phenomenal. So thank you for believing in me. For Thank you for giving me this opportunity. Thank you, my church family. I can't. You guys have been my family for seven years since we've been in Utah. You've encouraged me. You've patted me on the back. You have literally been my cheerleaders the last week. Um, and I thank you guys. It's an honor to stand up here and just share with you a little bit. So at first when Pastor uh, Vince was like, hey, hey, we're doing this. What do you think? Do you want to share a little bit? No. <laughs> Um, but then I just felt immediately the Holy Spirit just spoke this word into my heart, and I knew that that's what I was supposed to preach today. So here it is. It's coming in hot. Um, with it being, uh, and it was great because it's Christmas, and hey, it's a perfect sermon. It's a perfect sermon for Christmas. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and jump into it because I got 10 minutes on the clock. And go. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to start with Luke chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and feel free to turn into Luke chapter 2. If not, this one's actually going to be on the screen. Um, and I'll paraphrase a little bit because it's going to seem like I jumped right into a, a verse. But you, if you've grew up in church, then you've heard the story of of not even of Gabriel coming down. He talks to Zechariah. Gabriel comes down. He talks to Mary. He drops big bombs on them of God's plan. Then he goes to like the lowly people out into the field. He goes to the shepherds. And an angel, it's not even really Gabriel. It doesn't tell us it's Gabriel. It just says an angel. Angel appears to the shepherds, drops the bomb on them. Literally, I got 10 minutes. If you haven't heard the story, Luke chapter 1 and 2. <laughs> okay. Um, so he comes to the shepherds and he says, hey, go to Bethlehem. This is what you're going to find. Um, and the Messiah is here. It's a big deal. They've been waiting for this guy. The Messiah is here. He's born in a manger. Go find him. So Luke chapter 2, verse 17, it says, And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them of the child. And all who heard it were amazed. And at what the shepherds uh, were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Okay, the title of my message is The Sound of Silence. Let's go Simon and Garfunkel. Okay, The Sound of Silence. Now, I had anything but silence in trying to prepare this sermon this week. I tell you, I had friends who said, surely Jesus can use Frozen as an example. Well, this is how it happened. I was trying to, like, go through this sermon yesterday, and my kids are in the basement going, into the unknown. Like, why? Why? My kids are eight and nine. I literally thought we were past the Frozen stage. That was like when they were two and three. But thank you, Disney, for Frozen 2, because now we're going into the unknown. It was anything but silence, and I had to laugh, and I had to go, this is exactly why I've labeled this the sound of silence. We all desire it. Now, listen, the shepherds are basically let the cat out of the bag. 
Gabriel appeared to Mary, told Mary, dropped all of the information on her. And I don't know if you've ever noticed it, but I didn't notice it necessarily, was that Mary didn't tell a single soul. Like, it doesn't tell us that she told anybody what the angel came and said to her. It was like her secret. And history tells us that she was probably about 15 or 16. So let's just talk about like a 15 or 16-year-old going, look, you're going to cre- be born. You're going to birth the Messiah. And she doesn't tell anybody. She doesn't. My hair tie just broke. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Puerto Ricans put their earrings, take their earrings off. Someone hold my hair tie. Someone hold my hair tie. Okay, listen. So she legit didn't tell a single soul. Like, that's amazing. And I took note of it when I read this week. And so the shepherds are the ones, they're the very first evangelists, okay? They're busting out. They're telling everybody, guys, this is what the angels did. The angel came and he told us this and this. And they're just telling the whole story. And all the while, Mary is sitting there holding the baby maybe, and she's just silent. It tells us that she pondered. She treasured up everything that they were saying in her heart. She held it. And she was quiet. Hello, awkward. I mean, some kind of awkward, right? Where the, the, shep- the shepherds are coming out of their skin, and Mary's just like, yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah, I got that. But then as they're going on, and everyone's freaking out, the Bible tells us, she treasures it. She holds it up into her heart. And you would like to think that this is one thing, but I feel that this is a quality of Mary. Because if you go down a few verses later, you'll see that when Jesus was in the temple, right, and, they, and Mary and Joseph are frantic looking for him, they find him, they're like, what the heck are you doing? And he's like, Shouldn't you, you should have known I would be in my father's house. And then immediately, verse 50, it says, I didn't put this up there, sorry, guys, but because I'm just going to paraphrase it for you. Um, immediately, it says that um, Jesus says, did you not know I'd be about my father's house? And it says that Mary and Joseph didn't understand what he was saying. But, next verse, Mary took it into her heart, and she pondered on it. She pondered on it. And I feel like that's something for us in this season to really focus on. And I felt that's exactly what the Holy Spirit said to me to say this morning, is that sometimes, and even now, just in the season of our church, a lot is being dropped in on us, good stuff, like good words. I don't know about you, but my mind is being challenged on so many levels and just challenged in my thinking and all of these things. And we can very easily just want to run around and be like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, did you, did you see this, did you? And we are, but take the time, tis the season for silent night. Sit down, take it, because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Mary treasured it in her heart. She held those promises of God like a newborn baby. God has spoken to some of you here in this very room that you're going to be up here doing this 10 by 3. Brace yourselves, 3 by 10, 10 by 3, whatever. You're going to be up here, and some of you are going to, you're like freaking out. Like you've seen God's revealed to you visions, dreams, callings, things that he's laid on your heart, and you're panicking, and you're like, (gasps) stop. My point number one is silence the season. This is a season that we're in. Silence the season. Don't be afraid of the silence. We live in a world where everything is social media, and I'm over here, and I'm over here, and I'm not, I don't hate social media by any means, but I feel like it just blocks like so much. There's just stuff coming at us left and right, and we're going to get whiplash trying to take everything in. And I just felt the Holy Spirit say, stop, stop, tis the season. Maybe that means you get, like, in the next few weeks, when you have some extra time off, get in the Word. Read Luke chapter 1 and 2 again. Soak it in. Take it in. Put yourself in that position that the Messiah, we were waiting for him, and he has come. 
He's here. There's power in silence. And now to just drive home, the point is, I want to back it up a little bit. And if you back up into Luke chapter 1, you see that Ezekiel, nope, nope, Zechariah. Zechariah, get it right, girl, get it right. Zechariah was a priest. The angel, Gabriel, comes to him and says, Zechariah, you're going to have a kid, John the Baptist, right? Now, the Bible tells us that Zechariah and Elizabeth have prayed for this for years. They are old. They are old. They should not be making babies, but they still making babies. They're trying to make some babies. Okay, and so the, Gabriel comes down and says, listen, God has heard your prayer. You're going to have a son. You're going to have a son. Now, Zechariah the priest, who's been praying for this, you think that he would react like Mary. Mary's like, yes, I am the handmaiden of the Lord. Let it be. But do you know what Zechariah said? He looks at the angel Gabriel, you guys. Read this. And he says, how? you got to read the Passion Translation. He says, what? How is this going to happen? What sign can you give me to prove that what you just said is going to happen? Okay, and then, now let me tell you, Gabriel was from the Bronx. Okay, baby? Gabriel's from the Bronx. And I've literally, I'm calling him Gangster Gabe because Gabriel said this. He said, are you kidding me? Right now, if you look it up, look it up. He said, I am Gabriel, exclamation point, okay? All the literature people in the house, the homeschool moms in the house said yes. Exclamation point is excitement. It's power. He says, I am Gabriel, exclamation point. Like, do, do I really need to, do I need to check you right now? I'm going to check you. Okay. I stand at the right hand of God. It is he who sent me to tell this to you. And yet you're going to stand here and ask for a sign? You want a sign? Okay. You know what sign I got for you? Silence. And he says to him, your sign will be, you will be deaf and dumb until that child has come. Nine months, y'all. You know, he was, if, if women, be waiting for, women are waiting for that date, you know, that's my due date. Baby, you better come out. It's mama's due date. Now, I'm pretty sure that Zachariah was like, you got, a, you got a pain? You got anything? Nothing? I mean, is this baby coming? Because as soon as the baby comes out, he gets to speak again, right? So Zechariah is quiet, and I feel that that was like totally going along with the other thing that the Lord said to me was that there's power in silence. And if you read on down, it says, Gabriel says, because you did not believe, your sign will be silence. You won't be able to speak until the baby comes. You won't be able to speak until the baby comes because you didn't believe. Guys, I just want you to chew on that because some of you in this room have been praying for a long time for some things. You've been praying for family members. You've been praying for husbands, for wives, for babies, for all these things. Zachariah and Elizabeth were praying, but yet Gabriel checked his heart. He said, you don't believe. You don't believe because you don't believe. He didn't say because you doubted right? It didn't say because you don't understand. It's because he didn't believe, okay? And I'm going to drive this real hard, real fast, is that there's a lot of things that we don't understand, that we don't get it. It doesn't make sense to our mental brains. And a lot of that, maybe that, what is this speaking in tongues stuff? What is this laying hands on people and praying for them stuff? And it's fine to not understand it. It's another thing to not believe it. Because out of your mouth speaks life. You speak life, and immediately, Gabriel says, because you didn't believe, I'm going to shut your face so that you cannot speak death over the promises of God. 
So my challenge to you guys this morning is this. Just because you don't understand it, don't kill it with your tongue. Just because you don't understand what God is putting in your heart, just because you don't understand how God's going to bring about the miracle in your life, just because you don't understand it, don't speak death over it because you have you were made in the image of God. His words are in you. The words you speak, you are prophesying every single day. You're prophesying and saying something. Don't kill. Don't doubt. Don't kill in the darkness what you heard in the light. Now on that, I'm going to welcome my big bro, Lilo. All right, all right. How good was that word from Amy? Why don't, let's give it up for Amy again. Come on. That's good. Let me just get this one. All right. Hey, I just, uh, I just want to thank Pastor Vince and Pastor Baker uh, for giving me the opportunity to be up here um, speaking and uh, sharing what God's put on my heart um, for this week. Um, so how's everyone doing this morning? Yeah, come on. Let's, let, let's uh, what do they call them? Like Hollaback? Hollaback? Yeah, so if I say something you guys like, feel free to holler back at me. Huh? That's what they call it, huh? That's what they call it. So uh, if you guys have your Bible on you this morning, I want you guys to uh, you, yeah, turn to Luke 5. Luke 5, let's go. And uh, so we're just going to walk through that. So Jesus is, um, Jesus is preaching to the crowds, right? And so he's walking along the uh, shore of the Sea of Galilee. And... Um, and he sees these two boats, right? And he sees these two boats, and he jumps on one of them. I'm not going to. There we go. He jumps on one of them, and uh, one of them belonging to Simon. He jumps on the one that Simon, uh, who we know as Peter, um, he jumps on the boat, and he asks Simon, hey, push me out a little from shore. Um, I'm going to preach to the crowds. And so Jesus is preaching to the crowds. The fishermen, um, uh, they left the boats there. They're washing the nets, right? And so uh, once Jesus is done preaching, he looks at Simon and he's like, hey. He's like, go out to, the, go out to where, it's, where it's deeper. Uh, let down your nets and catch some fish, boy. And uh, this, is, this is cool. This is cool because, look, this is what Simon says. Simon's, Simon's reply is, master, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so. Um, I'll, I'll let the nets down again. Let me just read that again. I'm going to read in the, the, the Gen Z version. Yeah. It's my, it's my favorite translation. Hey, Big Chief. We worked hard all last night, dog, and didn't catch nothing. And this just ain't it, Chief. But, but if you say so, I'm going to let the nets down again, dog. Why? Why does why does Simon listen to why does Simon listen to Jesus? I just want us to think on that for for a second. You know why did Simon? Jesus didn't need a favor. Um, Jesus didn't need Simon to do him a favor. Uh, Pastor Jurgen said earlier, Jesus, if he wanted to, he could have just whistled, and the fish um, could could have just hopped into the net, right? And it says here, it says if you if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time the nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout of help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish 
and on the verge of sinking. And so let's, let's rewind real quick. It says the fishermen were washing their nets. Simon and his crew were going through a routine. And the routine is they go out every morning um, and they fish and they come back and they wash their nets. And it says, uh, the Bible says the nets that they used to use were these big nets. And uh, they would throw it out and then pull it. Um, you know, they would, they would pull the net and catch the fish. And, and then after they were done fishing, whether they caught fish or not, they would take it back and they'd pull the seaweeds out. And uh, let me just get some water. So my mouth's going dry. My, my, my dad jokes the crack net is getting dry as well. And, and, so, and so, so the Bible says, that, so, they, so they would use the, 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 the fish to, the, they would use the net to catch these, um, these fish, right? And so, so Simon, so that's their routine. They do that. They go out every morning. They come, they go fish, come back, wash nets. Next morning, go out, fish, come back, wash nets. And so that's just, you know, that, the, the routine can get mundane, it can get boring, it can get repetitive, right? And so a lot of us, we, we're, we're going through that routine. I, I'm not from Utah. Um, as you can probably tell by my English accent, I'm from Manchester. <laughs> I just, I'm kidding. I know I'm, I'm actually from New Zealand. And so, you know, I moved out here three years ago, lost my passport. I can't go back home. And uh, <laughs> no, a year ago, I wanted to move back. But God had other plans, and a year later, I'm out here this morning preaching to you guys. And so, you know, and so, so, the, so the routine for me for the last three years, you know, I, I sell cars. So waking up every morning, having to go to work, and then asking the, the customer the same question over and over again. What's your budget? You know, are you, who's the decision maker here? And so for some of you guys, you know, waking up every Sunday, I mean, you know, I don't know. I grew up in a family where if church started at 1030, you were up at, at five o'clock getting ready, right? And so, and so that is, that you know that's that's our routine, and so um, yeah, it can get it can get boring, it can get mundane. It's, it's the same with Simon. I'm sure that one day that you know they woke up and uh, they went fish and caught nothing. That 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 was when the routine started to get boring, right? And so Jesus interrupts Simon's routine. Says says when he finished speaking, he said to Simon, "Now go out where it is deeper." And let down your nets and catch some fish. And Simon's reply, I'm going to read it again. It says, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. That probably means they didn't even get any seaweed either. So no sushi. <laughs> but, but if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time the nets were so full of fish. They began to tear. Why did, listen, why, did, why did Simon listen to Jesus? You know, I feel like, I, f I feel like, um, you know, imagine if Simon had um, an, an attitude like we do, um, you know, these days, where if someone tells us to do something, and we've done it before, we've done, you know, what we've been asked to do uh, multiple times, right? We just, we, we already know the answer. And, we, you know, we like to, we like to di dictate our, uh, our future outcomes by our past results. Right? And so, you know, why, why did Simon listen to Jesus? And the, and, the, and the reason why Simon listened to Jesus is the same reason why the fish had to obey Jesus. Right? It's because they, Simon, he's not even a disciple yet. He's, he's just starting his walk in faith. And so Simon recognizes 
a, uh, he recognizes an authority. He recognizes that when the creator speaks, something's got to shift, right? Something's got to shift. The, the, ocean, the ocean was empty when Simon tried to do it on his own. But as soon as the creator spoke, something, the fish had to obey. The fish, and if the fish have to obey, then so does cancer. And if the fish has to obey, then so does bankruptcy. Come on, am I speaking to somebody? If the fish have to obey, then so does broken marriages, right? And because Simon obeyed, the fish didn't have a choice but to listen and hop in the net. And we need to realize that we're walking a daily routine, right? We're walking a daily routine. It may just be waking up. Hopefully, you brush your teeth before you leave your house. You know, I've, uh, I've come into, um, I've had some encounters with, with some uh, smiley breath people uh, in my lifetime. And so hopefully, it's no one that comes to this church. So, and so we need to realize that we're walking a daily routine and we need to allow Jesus to interrupt that routine. See, Jesus interrupted Simon's routine. And when Jesus interrupted, Simon's, Simon's blessings came, right? Because, because uh, Simon o- obeyed and Simon had obedience and faith um, and, and allowed Jesus to interrupt that. And so some of us, we have, we have to allow Jesus to, to interrupt our routine, you know, whether, whether you know, Maybe we don't pray in the morning. Come on, we got to start praying in the morning, you know. Maybe it's uh, brushing your teeth. Maybe you don't do that yet. Please do, right? But there has to be an interruption, right? There has to be an interruption. We have to allow Jesus to move in our routine, right? And, uh, and you know, some of us, you know, we're walking around with empty nets. Sometimes, you know, maybe we're carrying seaweed around and Jesus wants to put fish in our nets, right? And so maybe we're walking around with less than what we want and Jesus wants to put more than we need in our nets, right? And so, so uh, you know, you know if, that, if that's you, you know, I want you guys to just, just ponder on that thought um, this morning. But uh, I'm going to hand it down to uh, good old Bryn Bryn. Bryn Bryn, she's going to wrap us up. She's gonna wrap us up. So come on, let's uh, let's stand down. Let's let's make some noise for Brindley. Thank you, thank you, Lilo, um, Amy. Wow. Okay. Come on. Are you guys are you guys getting this? How are you feeling? So good. Now I have to follow that up with a word that is powerful, and and I have that. So I'm just going to start with my story this last year because I know it's really easy to look at me and say, oh, she's healthy, she's got it together, she's young. But that's really not what has happened. So about a year ago, at this time, I woke up one morning. Wait, no, sorry. That's the wrong part. Um, (laughs) Let me collect myself. So (laughs) what's my story? Um, Okay, so I woke up one morning, and I was in excruciating pain right here in my side. And I'm super stubborn. So I was like, you know what? I got plans today. I got things to do. So I'm just going to ignore it. So I'm ignoring it. It's getting worse and worse. Finally, I have to go to the ER. And so when I do, um, they're like, well, we don't know why you're in so much pain. But we did a CT scan. And by coincidence, we found that you have a tumor in between your heart and your spine and obviously your two lungs. So everything that my body needs to keep itself alive, it's like, No, tumor, right there. So I walked away from that, and I um, had a surgery scheduled for January of this year. And about a week before, I woke up, and I couldn't walk. 
straight up, tried to get out of bed, and I couldn't. And so I'm, like, rubbing my legs. I'm putting on essential oil, doing all the things that you're supposed to do, and it's just not working. So I go to the ER again, and they're, like, they come in after they run tests and do all this stuff, and they're, like, well, we don't know why you can't walk. And I'm, like, what? who are these doctors? They don't know anything. They don't know why I can't walk. They don't know why I'm in pain, blah, blah, blah. But they said, you know what? You have what's called Graves' disease. And I'm like, just the name alone, hello. Ain't nobody want a disease that has the word grave in it. So I'm like, okay. So if you're unfamiliar with that, it's basically an autoimmune disorder of the thyroid. So again, my body's just attacking itself, trying to kill itself, self-destructing. And so I walk away. Well, I can't walk. So I left the hospital. And I... And I was like, wow. Um, But it reminded me of this Psalm of David. And they're going to put it on the screen for you guys, so don't worry about your Bibles. But it says, (laughs) though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. So my title of this message is called The Making of a Warrior. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So I walked away from everything And I was like, wow, this is crazy. But do you know what? Do you know who my God is? He's going to heal me. Like, I'm not even worried. He's going to heal me just instantly. And when that didn't happen, I was so upset. I was like, God, why aren't you going to heal me? Like, I've seen you heal other people in a moment. So why won't you do it for me? Like, is something wrong with me? But what I had done is believe this narrative in my mind about who God is and how he operates. And sometimes he does do things in a moment, and sometimes he takes his time, and that's okay, you know? And so what God really spoke to me in that time was that all my life I had said, God, I want to be used. I want you to use me. I want to be a warrior for you. And he said, well, listen. If you want to be a warrior, then you have to be willing to go through a war for me. Because so many of us go through so many different things. And it becomes really easy to want to skip the battle, skip the pain, skip the struggle. But it is in the struggle that we are actually made into who we are supposed to be. Okay? You cannot get out of the struggle too soon. Because in the God develops you in the struggle. God advances you in the struggle. Gifts and talents are revealed in the struggle. And a warrior is born in the struggle. Did you guys hear that? A warrior is born in the struggle. So we can't get out too soon. And the thing I love about David is he gets that. He really does. And he, he didn't, he wasn't always a king, right? He wasn't always a warrior. Because when we first meet him, he's a shepherd boy. And he's outcasted by his family. We walk in the scene. This is the scene. I'm going to set it for you. So the prophet Samuel has to come and choose the next king. And so he goes to David's father's house. His name is Jesse. And Jesse has all of the sons, seven of the sons lined up. And both Samuel and Jesse are like, surely it's the firstborn. And God says, no, no, no. Don't look at the outward appearance. That's not what I'm after. I'm after the heart. I'm looking for a heart of a warrior, and this ain't it, chief. You know what I'm saying? This ain't it. So they're going through, and, and they're like, maybe it's this one. Maybe, no. This one? No. And 
Samuel's like, so like, do you have any more sons? Like, is there, are there any more? And Jesse's like, well, you know, there is one more. Um, but, you know, it's the youngest. He's with the sheep. Like, no, he, he ain't it, chief. And he's like, no, no, go get him. We, we need him. So, of course, he goes to get him. And God says, this is the one I've chosen. And the thing is, David understands the struggle. His family didn't think it was him. His family didn't want him. David's the, this is the same David that defeated bears and lions with his hands, okay? Like he's been through some struggle, okay? He slayed the Goliath in the valley, and then he <laughs> walked away of a, with a, from a lion's den completely unscathed, okay? Like he knows the struggle. And that's why the psalmist says David kills the tens of thousands. He has the heart of a warrior. He is a warrior, and he had to walk through some struggle to get there. And the thing is, the reason that he can stand and say, even though an army surrounds me, I'm not going to have any fear. I'm going to be confident. It's because he knows who his God is. And guess what? We know who our God is too. Because listen to this. What the doctors told me was that, you know what? You have Graves' disease and you are supposed to die because of how high your levels are. Your body has basically poisoned itself and you should be dead. And I'm like, that's crazy. I'm not dead, so thank God. And then they said, well, on top of that, you can never have a CT scan because the iodine that they use to look at everything will interact with your thyroid hormone, and then you'll die from that. And I was like, that's crazy. I just had one, and that's how they found out I had a tumor. And then they said, and just so you know, you can never, you can't have that surgery. If you have that surgery, you'll flatline on the table, and you won't make it. And so my God, even though I felt like he betrayed me, that he wasn't really there for me, you know what? He saved me three times. So I'm not going to be worried about anything that the devil can try to throw my way. The Bible says that the devil comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life abundantly, okay? I, my future is life and not death, no matter what the enemy tries to say, Okay? So listen, my healing, I can't see it yet. I'm still walking through the same thing, but guess what? I'm still going to push through and believe in the battle, push through in the struggle, because I'm not going to diminish what Jesus did at the cross, because he died for your salvation. That's so true. He did, but he did so much more than that, and you need to know that. He died, and this is what he was saying. He said it is finished. But what he was saying was, in 2019, my daughter, Brinley, she's going to walk through something that's so hard for her. But this is why he said, devil, that is my daughter. You cannot have her. I've given her victory. I've paid for her healing. And I'm going to walk in that every single day until I can hear that, okay, till I can see the other side. Because I don't know if you caught this, but the doctors, they diagnosed me with Graves' disease. Do you know what my God says about the grave? Do you know what he says? He said, it is finished. He defeated the grave. He walked away from the grave. When the the stone was rolled away, he said, I've defeated the grave. I've given you life. I've given you healing. So I don't know what battle you're walking through. It might not be sickness, and it might be. It might be that your marriage is crumbling, and you don't know how to make it. Or you might be walking through infertility, 
and you're believing for a baby, and you know what? God has that baby for you. You just keep pushing through in every season because he's got you. He is the God of all things, the author and the creator of all things. He loves you, and he's not going to give up on you. So keep pushing through in the battle, in the storm. Your warrior heart is in the making. I'm done. Come on. Come on, give God a shout of praise. Wow, wow, wow. Give it up for our amazing preachers this morning. Wow. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 Salt Lake City, go to C3SaltLakeCity.com.